Welcome to the Where Do I Go From Here podcast, where my guests and I highlight the goodness of God in seasons we were not prepared for. I'm your host, Daisha Carter, and you are about to enter the room of real life and genuine faith. Thanks for tuning in, and now let's listen and enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Widow I Go From Here podcast. I am your host, Daisha Carter, and today I have the honor and the privilege of sitting down with Lexis Yamas. Lexis was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. She is the oldest of three girls from a single mom. Lexis left Chicago on her quest for fame in the entertainment industry in 1996. She lived in Atlanta and Miami, landing in Los Angeles. Lexis came to LA in 2001 to pursue acting. She ended up studying the Bible and getting baptized in February of 2002. It was then that God gave Lexis a new purpose for her talents to glorify him. She has been doing that with her music and her life ever since. And the reason I invited Lexis on the podcast is because she was in a season of singleness for 19 years. She dated off and on during that time, but she never hit the fact that she desired marriage. And I thought (laughs) this would be a good discussion to talk with someone that waited righteously and not perfectly, but righteously and to Mm -hmm. glean from her insights of what it is like to now be on the other side, (laughs) married Mm -hmm. and living as one flesh with another human being. So Lexis, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Absolutely. It is my privilege and pleasure to be here. Thank you. So let's just dive right let's in. Let's just do it. Deep in. <laughs> let's just forget the shallow and walking in. Let's just Ooh, dive into let's it. Let's dive in. So <laughs> you were single for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a long time, right? So yeah. <laughs> why don't you talk to us about one of the lowest points as mm-hmm. a single woman mm-hmm. and then maybe the most valuable lesson you learn in your season of singleness. Okay. All right. Um, so coming into the kingdom, I'm, I'm going to start there a little bit coming into the kingdom. I had come from a world of um, just a hot messness. <laughs> um, I was very promiscuous in the world uh, and by the time I became a disciple, I was 26 and I, I, I can't even count how many guys that I had really been with, but it was so empty and there was just this void that I felt, um, that none of those men were able to really feel. And so studying the Bible, becoming a disciple, I I had this overwhelming fullness um, as a disciple. And so I wasn't even looking to date or anything. I was good. I had been in the world for 26 years and I just wanted to focus on God. Um, 
being a very uh, independent woman at the time, South Side of Chicago, we're very militant, we're very strong. Um, I had just taken care of myself most uh, of the time. And so the men, the brothers in the kingdom would encourage us on dates all the time. Like it was an amazing time to be single in 2002. Um, The brothers were taught to encourage the sisters. And so I had these men that were asking me on dates, that were uh, opening the doors for me, that were were doing all these things. And I was like, what what is happening here? You know, I wasn't used to that. And I didn't want anybody to like me. So I was just having to have those conversations. You know, brother, I appreciate your heart, but I'm really not looking for anybody. And they were like, yeah, me either. I'm just trying to encourage you, sister. Um, And so I learned in my early years to accept and and the beauty of encouragement from a godly man. So that was 2002. Um, Years went by and, you know, I'm going on dates. I'm getting encouraged. Things take a shift. And that kind of comes to a screeching pause. And, you know, you, you even mentioned in the beginning, like, I, I've never been shy about wanting to go on dates and, and be encouraged. And so I would even ask brothers, hey, bro, can I encourage you on a date? Oh, yes, sis, that'll be cool. Um, but it would never happen. And like trying to reach out to them, they wouldn't respond in, in a encouraging way to me. And so years of that, goes by and and I started to kind of feel um, kind of hopeless to an extent. And so I started to go on dating sites. Like I I would always, you know, be open about it and and talk to other sisters about it. Definitely my BFF uh, knew everything that I was doing, but I felt like, well, at least if they say they're a Christian, maybe they'll come to church and I can reach out to them and they can uh, become a true disciple if they weren't already a true disciple. Um, so I started to venture to the on da- online dating scene, match.com, plenty of fish, Christian mingle, like every dating site that that I saw, I was like, well, I'm going to put in there that I'm a Christian and see what other Christian men that I could um, get to know. And so that actually went on for um, several years off and on. I I would go in there, I would meet a guy and he would say he was a Christian. We would start talking. And as soon as the celibacy conversation hit, (laughs) it was... Dude, I'm not even gonna lie. I was talking to this one guy, and he was like, "Oh, I believe that any relationship has to have prayer and the word. I want to wash my queen and the word." And I was like, "Oh, that's so refreshing to hear." Because other guys I would talk to, you know, as soon as I would let them know that I don't believe in sex before marriage, that you know it would be some. And I'm just talking and talking. I was like, "Hello," because we were on the phone by this time. <laughs> Hello? He had hung up, texted <laughs> me back. You sound crazy. Ain't no man waiting on you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. And and I just had to laugh because I was like, this is the world. Um, now, I do know sisters who have met their significant other on a dating site. And, and I, I never knocked anybody's 
uh, venture. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the, um, yeah, it's not for everybody because there are Satan masquerades as uh, angel of the light. And there is a lot of, man, a lot of sin that goes on, on those sites. And so I, I think that was my lowest point. I feel as a single woman is venturing out into the world to try to find someone that at least met the 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 least of the qualification right a Christian I'm gonna say I'm a Christian at least I believe in God um but it wasn't and it it led led to a lot more hopelessness um I, I met a guy at a uh um work function that we had and very attractive man he was giving me attention and and all of these things and the the girls around me were like oh I think he likes you ooh and I was like well because they all knew I was a uh, a Christian I can invite him to church so I'll just get his number so I can invite him to church on Sunday and I'll give him my number so I can invite him to church <laughs> on Sunday and he ended up calling me that same night trying to meet me um, to have drinks. And and, and it was a struggle. It, it was a struggle. I sat in my car, no lie, for probably 15 minutes, just pleading to the Lord, please give me strength to not let this man come and meet me somewhere. Um, I ended up meeting him on that Sunday at an Apple's Bee to... Uh, to invite him to church. And we had a whole conversation. I told him, you know, just my share my faith with him. Uh, he was drinking alcohol. I told him I don't drink. And I told him my whole story with that. And he was really kind and walked me to my car. Um, I drove him to his car that was down the street and he leaned over and kissed me on my lips. Now he, he was, um, Middle Eastern. And so I think a part of it was, you know, just kind of how people kiss each other just by. Mm-hmm. But that moment, I felt like the scales fell from my eyes um, to help me see that you cannot play with fire. I was so distraught. I was calling up uh, uh, some sisters. I go, oh my God, my lips are defiled now. Girl, I, ru- I was rubbing them with hand sanitizer. Like, <laughs> no, no joke. It it felt like I had just kissed Satan, <laughs> you know. And, and I just sat there in in shock to see how close to the flames I had really gotten. And after that, I, I just it, it it was not. Um, something that I really play with um, because as strong as I feel like I am, Satan is stronger. You yeah. know, he, he's yeah. an angel. He was right up there with God. He knows all my weaknesses. He knows all my struggles and, and he's going to make it look just, you know, good enough yeah. Yeah. that uh, I'm able to, like not, you know, with Eve. Did he really say you couldn't? Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, he, he looks like he's a nice guy, and it's pleasing to the eye. So, okay, well, and, and it just not, it, it didn't work well. So, yeah, that definitely was good. my lowest part. So, I know I had a, a 
two-parter to this one question, but before we even get into the second part of my question, mm-hmm. you know, that's so deep and I am, I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm, I'm taking notes as I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down how you said, I ventured out into the world to find a man with Christian standards. That's deep. Yeah. Two, yeah. that Satan and, and right, the Bible tells us that, but that Satan masquerades as a as as light, right? As a child of light. And mm-hmm. and then the last thing is Satan is stronger. And and all of that just made me think about the importance, how it is so important to truly lean into the power of the Holy Spirit because Mm -hmm. there is no living this life powerfully like you know what I mean like there Mm -hmm. we we don't have the power in and of ourselves but but we do have the power because he lives inside of us so it's not even like get all this energy you know exert all this strength from within to do what's right and live what's right and you know I gotta muster it all up but it's just it's truly a, a leaning in to the Holy Spirit. And that can take you so many different ways. So even when you mm-hmm. think about discernment, right? Mm-hmm. It's the spirit that gives us discernment. It's the spirit yeah. that teaches us right from wrong. It's the spirit that brings back to remembrance all the things that Jesus said. Like, I'm just I'm sitting here just like, wow, yeah. what I'm hearing just speaks to this beautiful gift that God has given us. Yeah. That Absolutely. that can protect us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If if mm-hmm. we lean into it. So anyway, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. girl, this was deep. <clears throat> yeah, no, no, definitely. You know, um uh one of the things about me, and you know, the bio, I was like, okay, what can I give her as my bio? I don't want to put all my dirt out there. I don't want to put all my stuff out there. You know, that is just a snippet of me. But the other part B to your question um was just learning about myself in that that season of singlehood. Mm. Um I I did a lot of work on me. So I dated in 2007. Um, I was five years old as a, as a Christian. I dated a brother from Chicago that I thought on paper looked like the brother that, you know, I was meant to be with. He was even from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Um, great career, owned his own house and owned two houses, was renting one out. All of his family was there. My family was there. But in the relationship, I started to see how much uh, trauma I had, how Mm -hmm. much healing I needed, because the way I was responding in the relationship was very unhealthy. Um, I come from uh, a lot of trauma just growing up, being the oldest, three kids. My mom was a single mom. She was a functioning alcoholic. My dad was not very much in my life. I would see him maybe once or twice a year or so, but there was no real emotional connection there. Um, My sisters and I all have different dads. 
and none of them were really around. And the men that the women in my family dated, married, or were with were mostly abusive. Mm. So I grew up in this atmosphere of um, weak-willed women who were being abused by these dominating, uh, just good for nothing really type of men. They didn't really work. The women were going to work. So I had this huge boulder on my shoulder toward men as I grew up. So then coupling that with the experience that I actually uh, had with men on my own, it, it had this I had such a negative perspective of men and the brothers were amazing in how they started to chip away at that. But in my dating relationship, my first dating relationship, I saw how damaged I was with my, um, my thinking and, and my relationship skills. And so I started to go to therapy during that time, because I was just like, this is unhealthy. I don't want to be like this. I'm hard on one end and then, but I'm so sensitive on the other, but to protect that sensitivity, there was this fort that I, of armor I built around my heart that he couldn't even kind of get through. And so we ended up breaking up, getting back together, breaking up again, trying to get back together. And finally, I was just like, God, if this is not meant to be, please just take it away from me. And he was like, well, I'm about to ask his other sister to date me. And now he's married, got kids, all of this stuff. But I, I saw how important it was for me to start the process of healing. Mm -hmm. um, and I only knew that so deeply because I had gone back to school in 2008 and started studying psychology to get my substance abuse counseling certification. And I started studying psychology and seeing so much of me in, in the things that I was studying, just the um, complex trauma, uh, some PTSD, uh, so much stuff that I was like, dang, I need to start really digging deep to work on me. And I did that over many years, um, even past graduating and getting my degree and still doing training on ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, because I saw how much it had affected me you know, and, and becoming a disciple, it, it gave me salvation. It gave me God's love. It gave me a new life, but it didn't change and heal everything that I had gone through. And so for me to be the best version of me as a wife, I saw that I really need to get help in, in working on my healing, you know, when you're bone, I, I often use this analogy. You, if, if you break your arm, you know, it'll heal because bones heal. That's what they do. But if you don't go to the doctor, it doesn't heal correctly, properly. So your arm will heal, but you'll have limited movement that you can do with that arm. And a lot of times people just live with that. They just live with being able to pull their arm back halfway and you know, not being able to raise the hands in the air like you just don't care. Who wants to go around like that, you know? Mm. But to heal correctly, 
you have to go and get that arm rebroke, set correctly in a cast, and heal over, I don't know, six to eight weeks or so. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of pain. Yeah. But at the end of that healing correctly of the arm, you can do all type of movements that you've never done or that you haven't been able to do in so long. So that's what I saw for me emotionally. I needed to go back and, and get some things uh, readjusted or even not just even readjusted, but um, visit some things that I had not even started to heal from to be able to be the best version of me Amen. before getting into another relationship. Amen. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. So the answer to your question is the most valuable lesson you learned in your season of singleness was learning about yourself. Mm -hmm. Love learning it. how to heal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Self-reflection without heart check, heart work, mm -hmm. without introspection that like it's impossible to have a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can, mm -hmm. we can be in all kinds of relationships, but mm -hmm. it is impossible to yeah. have healthy relationships without what you just said, like just learning about me and digging that up and dealing with it and leaning into the pain of it so that mm -hmm. when you come out on the other side, there, there, there is wholeness, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you feel like that, but I feel yeah. like whole. That's Absolutely. good. And that the waters of baptism do not wash away our trauma. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. And I think that is such a misconception. Yeah. But, but in our growth and in our maturity, mm -hmm. um, God leads us and guides us. And so, amen, that's good. So I am about to transition because okay. the reason why I brought you on here <laughs> Ooh, was not to spend so much time on singleness, but to talk about the um, transition and mm. transformation mm. and sanctification <laughs> mm. <laughs> that happens in marriage. Um, so, you know, Girl. I think most women, right, have an idea yeah. of yeah. what they think life will be like once they're yeah. married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so I'll leave it at that. So yeah. what what has real life marriage mm. been like for you? And how long have you been married? Two years now? Uh, a year and a half. A year, a and, year a half. and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how, how, what has it been like this past year and a half? Okay, so I'm just going to lay the foundation first and foremost and say it's been amazing. Amen. I love my husband. Um, he is an amazing man. He loves me more than I have ever felt love in my whole life from mm -hmm. any person. Um, so that's the groundwork. That's the foundation. Yes. Anything else to say? <laughs> know that. <laughs> my man loves me. <laughs> I, my man loves me and I love him wholeheartedly. I would not go back and change it at all. Okay. Period. Period. So <laughs> the real, real. So one of the things that um, I think my, my cold water cup in my face 
came at a time that um, I remember it like it was it was yesterday. It wasn't that long ago, but I, I remember we were. So I've had this issue with. OK, so let me say this. Um, the way I grew up, I grew up Southside Chicago, gang affiliated. Um, I went to a high school that was in the middle of different gang communities. So I fought my way. I was gang affiliated. I was shot at a few times. I have used drugs, sold drugs, um, been in the streets, like hardcore. So I have that part of me that is singed in a part of who I am. So with that, it means that I'm always on point. I'm always looking out for stuff. You know, I have this sense about me when something is not right. I, I can't sit with my back to the door in restaurant. Like, it's just a part of me that is always on my P's, Q's, RST's, UV's. So... <laughs> I um and then growing up as the oldest child having to fight for my siblings and even my mom like I remember times my mom was getting abused that um I had to jump on on this guy that was abusing her you know that to help protect her so I have this protector part of me this fighter part of me, always looking out, part of me that is just a part of who I am. It's tiring, though. I will say that. Although I'm like that and it's a part of me, it's exhausting to always have to be on point. So I thought, and I didn't realize I even thought this until this particular uh, incident happened, subconsciously, I thought when I got married that my husband will take all of that away from me because he was now my protector. He was going to watch my back all the time. He was going to be on top of anything that came my way. I wasn't going to have to be that person anymore because I was exhausted. And I do kind of that for work, too. I help um, meet the needs of the youth that I work with. So I'm always meeting other people's needs. So I thought this would be my husband's job now when I get married. Well, it, it didn't really work out that way. My husband is the kindest, most gentle um, man that I have met. Um, he, he has some machismo about him. He, he's uh, Mexican-American. And so he, he does have that machismo about himself, but he didn't grow up in the type of uh, environment or even family that I grew up in. So he doesn't always know that when we go on 64th and uh, Hoover, <laughs> you need to be on high alert. I'm a need for you not to say hey to everybody <laughs> and, and for you to have your seat sitting up straight so you can look out the side view mirrors. <laughs> we were looking for an apartment one time off of um, Slauson and La Brea 
we were like, okay, well, we had been out for a while, so it was nighttime now, and so we were, I was like, okay, let's park on this side street just to kind of peep out the neighborhood to see what's going on, you know, and see how safe it is. So he puts his seat all the way back and is like chilling, and I'm sitting straight up. I'm looking out the side mirrors. I was like, bro, look, we in the hood. You cannot just be, you can get jacked, you know? So I had to school him <laughs> on a lot of stuff. And so a big part of me was battling with feeling protected by him. You know, we we were, uh, had a few of these instances where I just didn't feel like he, he knew where I was. I, I need for I told him one time we're at the store and we walked out of Alberson and it was a lady that was asking for money or something. And, and he stops abruptly. I run into the back of him because I'm like walking closely behind him. We're trying to get somewhere that we got to go. He stops abruptly and gives this lady money. I don't have an issue at all with him giving her money. But I said, babe, I need for you to always know where I am around you um, so that to me, I can feel protected. I always got my eyes peeled for everything that's happening around me. Um, and if I need to flee in a minute, I know how to get out of there. I know every exit when I go somewhere. And he was like, that sounds ridiculous. Like we had a whole big bump that that day and it was that moment that I was like I gotta watch out for me and I, I felt a switch flip to where I took back that control and that leadership from him to protect me because I didn't feel protected mm. so it, it was a cha very challenging time because I was dude and when I when I go to that other side of the Gemini-ness <laughs> 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 that simple nature excuse me the simple natureness you know it's all about i just gotta protect me so you get yours i'm gonna get mine we can coexist in here together but i'm gonna look out for me you look out for you and it, and it was totally simple and i and i called mary's sister and i just poured out my heart and you know cried you know he's not protecting me and she she helped me to see that, you know, that's, that's one of the uh, expectations a lot of women have. And it may not even be something on the forefront of your mind. Like I said, I never came into a marriage thinking, oh, my husband's going to protect me. I'm not going to have to do anything anymore. I'm going to, he's going to do all of this. But subconsciously, I did think that now I can relax. Oh. And, and there are some men who are just, just like that. I know I relate to a lot more men than I do women sometimes just because of the life that I've led. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk to some brothers that's like, yeah, I got to always be on point. And I'll be like, yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I stop you real quick? Go ahead. <laughs> so what you're saying is so good. It is so good, Lexis. And <clears throat> what I think about is, and, and, and we're dialoguing, so you can, yeah. you know, if you disagree, if whatever, let, you know, let's just talk it through. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I think about is how 
we do have these expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 some of them are unrealistic expectations. Right. So when those unrealistic expectations come into play, mm-hmm. then now we have to learn to pivot, right? Right. We we have right. to learn to to shape our marriage in mm-hmm. a way that fits us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You too. Mm-hmm. So David and Lexis, now you're in the thick of it. Now you mm-hmm. too, with all your strengths and all your weaknesses mm-hmm. and all your, your backgrounds and how you grew up and the environments yeah. that you grew up in and all of that, all of that's coming together in this one space, this one relationship. And so yeah. now you're taking all that as it's coming and as yeah. it's coming, you guys then have to, to shape it to fit you, right? Right, right, right. So one of the things that um, <clears throat> it was, I, I'll never forget. I would like, I will never forget. It was just wisdom for me. And I ate it up like it was chocolate cake. Was Daisha, you need to use your gifts to build up your marriage. So we would have family time. And I was the one that was always initiating family time. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. I hate that I was always the one initiating. Like, mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm. initiate sometime? Like, right. what in the world? And yeah. the brother was like, well, when you initiate, does he show up? And I was like, yeah. yeah. He was like, okay, yeah. well, when he initiates, does he not just show up? But is he engaged and involved? I was like, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And he was like, yeah okay, well, you use your gifts to build your marriage. If your gift yeah. is initiation, <laughs> you use your gift. And, and you know, you, you, you will have your comment. I'll shut up. But I think that it's this notion of falling into the comparison trap. It's that. And it's also, I feel like I thought that I would have some relief from doing a lot of stuff when I got married. Like, I think that mm. that was the thought that I had. So prior to getting married, I was in, um, my household was an amazing household. I miss Karen to death. Shout out to my BFF, Casey. Um, we ran our house like we were married. The only thing we didn't, have with the was the intimacy of sex yeah but everything else i mean bills together we we didn't have a bank account we didn't have um that stuff together but shopping together eating together you know looking out for each other all of that stuff so i came from that stability of togetherness you doing your part i'm doing my part we doing it together now, when I get married, it's going to be that times 10 because now I get sex, too. Wow. <laughs> we about to have all of this together. <laughs> but one of the books that helped me the most, and I try to recommend it to every single woman who wants to get married or even just co-lead with somebody, whatever. Um, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yes, ma'am. It helped me so much understand why there's so much conflict between men and women. Because one of the things it talks about is we speak completely different languages. languages. Yes. 
So if he's speaking uh, Spanish and I'm speaking French and we're just trying to communicate, you know, you can you can put a little bit of it together and watch and see what they're doing and pointing to and get the uh, context from what's you know he's being said, but you don't get the deep understanding from it. And so living with Karen, we both spoke English. So we we had a beautiful, you know, communication. We had some hard times at different times, but we understood one another because we are were from the same uh, planet. Okay, and I get I get what you're saying, one hundred percent. I really do. Mm -hmm. Do you think though that there still was? Like that was something that you you had to build, though, right? In in that vein, mm-hmm. you guys still had to shape. Yes, what was for you? Because yes. that relationship, right, is specific. Was specific to you and Karen. Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. And and I, but I hear what you're saying. You're just like because we're women. <laughs> Like, you know, right. what I mean? because it was easier. Yes, I get it. It was easier. I so, no, it. no, definitely the same thing that you're saying is we do have to work on using our strengths to shape each other. And, and we're still in the process of that. And, yeah. and you know, we've hit this point you, <laughs> after the first year, the honeymoon, because we, we still uh, in and talking in month stage, you know, when you have a kid and you're just so excited about that kid and people be like, how old is your child? Oh, they're like 36 <laughs> <Yeah>. months. And <laughs> you know, you, you love that girl, they three years old. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> like we're still in that phase Got with it. each other. We're, we're uh, 17 and a half months. <laughs> we'll be 18 months in two weeks. You know, yes. we're still learning each other. Yes. We're still shaping our just even foundation together yes. because the, so the challenge, it's a beautiful thing, but there's also a challenge in the way that we follow God's word and do marriage we don't live together beforehand we don't cross certain boundaries so there are some things you're just not going to be able to address until you're married absolutely until you're married because (laughs) you you don't move in with each other until you're married you don't share the same space until you're married so whereas before you know we have a bump all right i'll talk to you later click you go to your house, I go to my house, even with roommates. You know, you have a bump with your roommate. I can go to my room, close my door. I don't have to say none to nobody. I watch my TV and deep decompress in there. Well, in marriage, that you are in the same space. Ain't no you go to your corner, I go to my corner. We go, we got that same corner in that bedroom right there. Girl, I'll be on the edge of the bed. One one hiccup and I'm on the floor trying to move far away (laughs) because we're bumping. So we're still in that process of even figuring out how to use our talents to build one another up because it's challenging too, because I'm older than he is. I'm 13 years older than David. 
So there are some things that I just know because I've just lived longer in life. Yeah. It's not because I'm better or, you know, anything. I've just been on this planet a little longer and experienced some things a little longer in the kingdom and outside of the kingdom yeah. where he's trying to be the man and the head of household and to lead us. But I come with like, but I've done this, this part in our, not together. I've done this particular thing, <coughs> excuse me, longer than you have. And, and this kind of works. So we're, we're at this battle point of, yeah, well, you got that, that strength, but I want to have that strength too. I should have that strength because I'm leading the, I'm the man and I supposed to lead our, our family. And, you know, I want to, step up to that role, not even in a controlling type of way, but he genuinely wants to, to step up to the role that God has put him in as the husband. Yeah, that's good. So I can't even get into that because it's time for us to <laughs> land this plane. Yeah, yeah. But that is good because what I hear though, and, and I, I, I understand it, but what I hear is that it's this real conflict because, mm -hmm. because of age, because of yeah. roles, because yeah. of um, scriptural or biblical um, mm -hmm. roles, right? And, and trying to like reconcile that. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so anyway, I'm, I'm just imagining yeah how deep it goes mm -hmm. Girl, uh, so anyway yeah we we'll yeah, have another uh, part two <laughs> some, on some else. I, I may start my own podcast <laughs> just talking about this because it's so deep dot like yeah. it's so deep um that women just don't even understand yeah. going in because we we a part of our curse a part of our curse is to be ruled by a man our husband that was a part of the, the curse that we were given when we got booted out of the Garden of Eden, Eden, is that we would desire for our husband to rule over us. So there's conflict just in ourselves as women yeah. to want to be led, but the world has shaped us to be independent. Yeah. But the Bible says to submit but the world has has shaped these gender roles yeah. that are not in line always with scripture. But the, so we are in ourselves a conflict. Yeah, we battle yes. that conflict in ourselves, and then to come into a marriage and have to battle that conflict, it has been That's challenging deep. as well. Yes, yeah. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> my last question and I'm and I'm like that's deep and moving on but I'm really like <laughs> that is deep yeah man let's yeah. move on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Woo! um okay my my last and final question so right some of us think that marriage is all about us <laughs> so do you see and I know you're still um uh, you know, bubbling newlywed, but mm -hmm. do you see marriage as mm -hmm. a real life metaphor of Christ's mm -hmm. relationship with the church? Mm -hmm. If so, mm -hmm. what have you gleaned so far, so far mm -hmm. 
as you compare the intimacy of marriage to reflect the oneness mm. of God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the oneness of the church being, you know, Christ's bride. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely um, is. Marriage is definitely a reflection of Christ and the church. Definitely. Um, it even breaks it down to where it talks about as Christ is the head of the church. So the husband is the head of the, the marriage and um, the, the wife submits to the husband as the church does to Christ. Um, so I definitely see it as, as a reflection of God's love for us. Mm -hmm. And as a single woman, it was really hard for me to hear that because then I felt like, well, what does that, where does that leave me as a single woman? You know, what reflection do I have then of, of God's relationship with uh, the church of Christ's relationship with the church and the Trinity and all of those things. There is a part in there definitely for single women God is our husband. So we are being trained as single women for marriage. If we so choose to pursue that, if not, we will stay in unison in the covenant of marriage with God. So every day it's a battle for me to submit to my husband the way I submit to Christ. That is not an easy uh, task in and of itself. Right. Like getting baptized, learning what discipleship means. You know, that's that's real brief. That that wedding, the, the our wedding was probably four hours altogether yeah. from walking down the aisle, setting up come the reception and then we were gone. That that's come and gone. You know, we got pictures and memories and it was so beautiful that I still got that dress in there I'm trying to sell. Anybody look for a nice beaded wedding dress? Hit your girl up. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same way with baptism. You know, the ceremonial uh, covenant, entering into that covenant with Christ, that comes and it's a significant part of it, but it goes real fast. And now you're in the relationship, full blown, living a discipled life every day. So every day I have to say to myself, how am I going to submit, which it used to be a time that every time I said that word, the the hair on the back of my neck would stand up. I would get this crook in my, I, I just couldn't say that submit. I'm not submitted to no man because what I've seen men do yeah. to women over my lifespan. But the beauty of it that you see from the relationship we have with Christ and the relationship Christ has with the father, not my will, but your will be done. You know what I'm saying? And so when I think about that moment in the garden of Gethsemane where Christ was like, God, I want to not do this. And he wrestled it out. And he prayed it out and he cried it out and he had his boys over there, but it was only so much they could do. That is a real life wrestle that I have with my husband. Yeah, that's good. So 
so this is what I this is what I think about because because the wrestle is real. Mm-hmm. I, I think the thing that that helps, and I can only speak for myself. So let me just talk for Daish. I think the thing that helped me in both in in both being married and now being a widow, mm-hmm. the thing that helped with submission is knowing how deeply loved I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I Absolutely. can, because there's things that, to your point, to Jesus' ex- Jesus's example, we just do not want to do. Yeah. But if I trust yep. that the God who created me, the God who knows me inside and out, the father who, and this blows my mind, mm-hmm. before the world began, mm-hmm. I was chosen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before I even made a decision before I I committed a sin before I made a righteous decision you know what I mean like before sin yeah. entered he came up with a plan yeah to redeem me for the just in case mm-hmm. well just, okay we're about to give them choice so just in case <laughs> they mm-hmm. choose wrong, you know what? Let's let's come up with, and I won't even say it's a backup plan. Like that was plan A. Right, right. Because he knew we weren't. He, girl, <laughs> and so, and I could go on and on about yeah. how, how deeply loved we are. Yeah. But I think yeah. in a physical relationship with a man, yeah. <clears throat> Because I'm, I know you know this. It doesn't take a year and a half to figure out that we will fail each other. We yes. sin against each other. It's not yes. this happy union where it's all happy go lucky all the time, always. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But the theme that you, the, your foundation, mm-hmm. I am loved. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am loved in a way that I have never been loved before by yep. this man. Yeah. And yeah. I think that right there is not just the foundation of our physical relationships and marriages, but the spiritual, to, to back to my question, just Absolutely. to the, the spiritual foundation of being married to, to Christ. And, and so. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That is, is that, that is the, the depth of it, because when, at the end of the day, I can always go back and, and I know D loves me. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I'm feeling any type of way, I know that D loves me. Yeah. And he is not trying to hurt me. And, and and that comes from the experience that I've had with him. To close out this last thing, if I yes. can say this. <laughs> Ephesians 3 is what... I wrapped my mind around and I finally was able to understand through my marriage. It says Ephesians three verse 14 says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I'm reading an amplified version because it it puts a little more on it. It says, May in verse 16, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith, 
And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience mm. the love of Christ, which Amen. far surpasses pure, uh, mere knowledge Amen. without experience. Mm. You know, that, that <clears throat> I finally was able to understand that through experiencing this physical love that I had yes. never experienced before. Mm. You know, and we do that with God. We have a knowledge often of God's love, but we don't always have a heart, a deep heartfelt experience of Avoid his love. Of experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, mm. amen. I, I, so mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't stole my show because normally <laughs> I try to, I try to, you know, have a scripture at the end so this is what I do I try to uh-huh. listen you know we I'm talking to my guests and we're dialoguing and I'm trying to to listen in a way though where a scripture comes to mind that can tie in our discussion right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you just did that drop the mic podcast <laughs> over <laughs> Thank you. I love that version. I'm actually going to go back and read it. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. But thank you, Lexis, so much just for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you know, you. I love me some you. Mm. And I'm just in awe of the life that you've lived. Mm. I'm in awe of how you waited. Mm. You know what I mean? Like your weight is worthy of imitation Hmm. it really is and I I just yeah it's it's a good thing to be able to see someone who waited on God's timing and then to see the fruit Hmm. of how God came through for her so thank you uh love you dearly love you too and and I'm gonna have to bring you in on on my podcast and I'm gonna start after this because I was thinking about so much other stuff that I want to share yeah I mean there's a lot you have inspired me greatly in so many ways Di I I appreciate you having me on here I appreciate your friendship I love me some you okay (laughs) thank you (laughs) amen and I agree so I'm gonna shut it up so I um there was so there there was just a lot of meat that we can just we can't tackle in in 45 minutes to an hour it's it's not gonna happen (laughs) but as I was listening to you though honestly I was just like wow there's so much that she has inside of her Mm -hmm. that could help so many other women so amen come on podcast i'm ready for it amen and to the widow i go from here community thank you so much for tuning in to another podcast i truly hope that you were blessed encouraged by lexus's story thanks for listening if you enjoyed the podcast please share it rate it and write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. 
If you're listening on the Anchor platform, leave me a personal note. There's a button that says message and it allows you to leave me a personal voicemail. I would love to hear from you and even implement topics and guests you'd like to hear on the show. Episodes will be released on the first Wednesday of every month. And to check out what I'm up to, subscribe to my YouTube channel and visit me at widowigofromhere.com. Until the next time, bye for now.